This is Punishment Martinez from Ring of Honor. Martinez from Ring of Honor. You're listening to the Spanish announcement. The Spanish announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the week. Hailing from Table Show Studios in Kansas City. Hosted by Captain Awesome and T-Mac. It is the Spanish Announce Table. It is uh, the Spanish Announce Table. We are recording Table Show Studios in beautiful Kansas City. T-Mac, over there on the other end of the line, I am Captain Awesome. It's episode 214, and we have a whopper of an interview for you coming up in our third segment with ROH's We're going to give you some punishment. That's right. We're going to give you a punishment. Martinez, he's not just the Punisher. He is gonna the Punishment. He's going to give you punish- some punishment, boy. He is the Punishment. You'll find out what we're talking about if you stick around for our third segment uh, with quite an intimidating gentleman, but also very personable and very fun to talk to. Find out more about that later on in the show. But T-Mac, how was your week before we get into that? Eventful. Eventful. Yeah. Okay. So let's go bigger picture to smaller picture. Big picture was the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor <laughs> spectacle actually delivered yeah uh, right that's kind of crazy that when something has that big of expectations hate hype all different types of words you could use to describe Mm -hmm. a mma fighter fighting a boxer Mm -hmm. Uh and it delivered however this is kind of like your sex life did you see it yeah i did well i caught it about i want to say fifth round to the end Okay, so you caught it right when the tide was turning. So this is what I think about the fight. So most everyone's at least seen the finish on some type of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook video, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's my thought because, you know, I went into saying this was going to be a shit show. It was stupid. And I was wrong. It was entertaining. But here's my 50-50 thought on the fight. And it's 50-50 like legitimately down the middle. So 50% of me, and, and they're both equal. So even though I say the second part last, that's not how I really feel. It's equal. So right. let me start with let me start with the positive. So the positive is, think about this. Oh my God. You had a guy compete yeah. professionally in a sport he's never competed in. Not once. And he went, he went 10 rounds with the greatest defensive fighter. Of all time. Of all the times. And landed 111 punches, more than 30 other Floyd Mayweather opponents, more than Manny Pacquiao, more than Cotto. Well, and some of those were his more recent fights, too, right? They weren't all like his early. Right. Right. And, oh, my God, how incredible is that? Give it up for Conor McGregor for going in to basically, you know, quote, unquote, the lion's den. And competing and giving a – he won arguably three to five rounds. He won, of course, the first three. Well, uh, well, I was just going to say, you being a a combat sports super fan and mm-hmm. expert and commentator in the past. Um, so we talked about this. Uh, you just said it. He landed more punches than 30 of his opponents when he's 50-0 and, and never done this before. So he went up against – 
the greatest defensive boxer of all time and arguably just one of the most all-around greatest boxers of all time. Right. Uh, how many other boxers boxing now could he have beat had he went in and that been his first boxing match? You never, I, you know, <laughs> Shit, right? I don't know. Yeah, right, I don't know. right. It's so hard to tell. It's the apples and oranges thing. Again. Right, right, of course. Box again. Yeah, you got to leave it. It's too perfect. Right. You can't ruin it. Yeah, yeah you got to leave it. If you win or lose, it's too perfect. That was mm-hmm. too too great of the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he arguably won three to five rounds. For sure, three rounds, maybe five. I gave him the eighth and the fifth. That's just my opinion. Um, so, oh my God, right? So, mm-hmm. that is legitimately how I feel. That is impressive as shit. Right. Now also, 50% of me feels this way. Connor, you lost to a guy 12 years older than mm-hmm. you who's been spending the last year and a half in a strip club. You have 20 the whole to time. The whole yeah. time, too. He sleeps there. <laughs> yeah. You have 20 to 25 pounds on him. Yeah. You're the reach, too, right? Your knockout power. You're yeah. known for your knockout power. He's known for not busting a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> yeah. And you got stopped in your prime at 29 years old to old man, raggedy fist, Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Dude, what the fuck? Uh, you know why I like this so much? You know, we we, we talked about the uh, this super fight. Is it ever going to happen? And Connor finally said, all right, we'll do it in a boxing match. And here's why that was great. Because what you said. Floyd's 12 years older. He's been retired. The, Connor already had those advantages. And now if we just put it in the cage, this would have fucking been a brutal murder in zero seconds. So at least this gave uh, it somewhat of a fair, you know what I mean, this chance was here. The, yeah, this, a boxing match is the safest way to do that fight. Yeah. Unless they did jiu-jitsu, which neither one are good at. Uh, well, Connor's better, but you know neither right. of the two are known for it, is what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, this was the safest way. Just how you block defensively in boxing would get you double legged and choked in about four seconds yeah, yeah. in MMA because you're so much upper body and your elbows are in, and so you can deflect and roll with punches. Well, that's all great, but then you're not moving your feet, mm-hmm. your hips are exposed, you get double legged. He doesn't know. I mean, he got his back taken in a in a boxing match three different times. Right, Imagine yeah. if it was a real fight. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, That's why I said this would have been – the bell wouldn't have stopped echoing in the arena before the fight was over. Yeah. So <laughs> – yeah. uh but that's how I feel. 50-50. I mean, on one hand, oh, my God, you did great. On the other hand, man, that was a washed-up, older fighter that's been strip club living. You should have at least hurt him. Which he did hurt him. But I'm saying he should have, like, hurt him, hurt him. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I mm-hmm. uh, thought it was great, though. I thought it was a great spectacle. I like the undercard. Uh, it, it was fun, too. Uh, I do – I did come out feeling this way, though. I love boxing, and mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the Triple G and Canelo fight here, I think, next weekend it is, or weekend after that. I love it. But as far as entertainment, you get the most bang for your buck in UFC. They do the the decisions better. They do the presentation of the walkouts better. They do everything better as far as entertainment. Like, if I didn't know who those two guys were, mm-hmm. that wasn't as entertaining as – Two guys who I don't know in the UFC as far as entrance, highlight packages. Right, the pomp and circumstance of the whole thing. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. So that's what I left with. It was like, man, UFC fucking kills it at the entertainment thing. Mm-hmm. So had that. And then smaller picture, uh, more personal, 
It was Emily's birthday on Monday. Yeah. Happy birthday to Emily. Yeah. So uh, we went up to Omaha to visit her brother, niece, and nephew. She loves them. So that was great because she loves them, and that's awesome. And I paid for the fight, which, you know, that's part of the birthday gift. Wow. And, hey, it's a birthday gift that I also wanted. So, you know, it's not like I – How much? Well, it was $100. God damn. So, well, I, I paid 50. Her brother paid 50. So it was 50 yeah. 50. So, Oof, yeah. Literally. Yeah. 50 right. 50 literally. Right. Um, but then, so Monday was her actual birthday. So mm. I tried to be sweet and somewhat romantic. So I did tried. breakfast in bed. You really tried. Well, this is what. So we did, <laughs> I did breakfast in bed. Yep. But I wake up two hours earlier than she does. I leave before she wakes up. That's how our schedule is. Okay. And so. Fans of the show and people who listen attentively know that we have Josephine, the killer dog, sweetest dog in the world, but also killer dog. Um, we'll bite your we'll nuts eat off. Anything. Yeah, and we'll eat anything. So I couldn't do what I wanted. I wanted to make her a meal, right? So what I did is I got uh, the like TV tray table, put mm-hmm. it next to her bed. I made her favorite. I poured her her favorite cereal put a book over it so Joe couldn't get into it and then got her her coffee made and I put it on a screw top so that then Joe couldn't get into the coffee mug either. So I air quotes made her breakfast. So I did that. Uh, For lunch, I got her her favorite salad from the mix, which is a Santa Fe chicken salad. Mm -hmm. And then that night we went with her family to Bowling's and we had some good sushi and uh, food of that nature. That's a great then, uh, Kansas City uh, uh, establishment there. We we seem to know a few things about some Kansas City establishments. Yeah, we do. And Bowling's is great. If you've never right. been to Bowling's, definitely uh, make your way that way. Mm-hmm. And it is tasty. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, I took her personally, because uh, that was a family thing, I right. took her personally to Tea Loft, which is like a healthy, organic uh, kind of not bakery but it has bakery type foods Mm -hmm. and uh took her there for dinner and uh tonight she went out with a friend for her birthday dinner and tomorrow night she's going out so she's got a whole week so she's killing it right now wow well she's got more friends than you do so it's gonna feel like a lot to you right right what did you what have you been up to man so uh saturday the night of the fight i you know we were uh that day I was thinking, huh, how am I going to watch this fight, right? I'll pull it up probably. Uh, uh, I will acquire the fight somehow, right? I was planning uh, on that. Side right? note, hmm. side note, it was estimated that 4 million people watched that fight yeah, legally. Crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know who that could have been. So uh, I was planning on that, but we had earlier in the day, we had Swim Trunks, uh, my son Swim Trunks, uh, not his real name. Uh, it's what you have deemed him. Uh, well, no, it's not, no S, Swim Trunk. Right. Swim yeah. trunk. Right. Swim trunk. Uh, swim trunk. He um he had his first soccer game, so we're taking him to that, right? Which they won six to four, by the way. Um he uh, he did pretty well. So he hasn't played he, he went to a soccer camp but has never played like a soccer game, but he always is out in the yard kicking around a soccer ball and stuff. Uh and I think the coach picked up on that, put him in the I don't know soccer positions, but he, he was kinda in the back. So if um, so he's kind of the defender, right? He's defense because that's kind of his natural inclination. When he gets in there, he's scoping out. He's got the ball and he's going to run up and kick it the fuck out of there, right? Like get the fuck, don't bring that shit in my house, right? Uh, and he was doing pretty well with that. They won six to four. On the way there, we're leaving the house and we're going down our road. You know, we've got a long drive, long gravel drive. Uh, the neighbor who I've not, I've met the neighbor uh, 
so there's you know the husband and wife. I've met the wife, but I had not met the husband yet. I've been there about two months, and he's mowing. We've got a shared pond that we split, right? And he's mowing the the what they call the dike, basically the dam that holds the water into the pond, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, shit. We're like driving right by him. I was like, we're kind of almost running late to the game, but I'm like, shit. We can't. He's right here. I have to get out and say something, right? That'd be a dick move. We haven't talked to each other yet in two months, and he's two feet away, right? I can't just blow by him and be like, peace. So I get out, and I see him, like, he turns the mower around and does some stuff and whatever, and he shakes my hand, and I see he's hiding a beer can in between his legs because it's, like, 1130, right? And I was like, hey, you do not have to hide that <laughs> from me, man. That is encouraged. We're, we are cool, right? And he goes, well, sorry. And so he was mowing on my side, and he goes, sorry, I'm trespassing a little bit. And I said, let me tell you something. You mow every inch of this motherfucking land that you want to mow, right? And I was like, you do not have to apologize for being over here, okay? So... We started talking a little bit because I was like, hey, man, you've been out here longer than I have. I've got some questions about, like, our roads. You know, some of the rain is kind of damaged and stuff like that. And he goes, no, no, we need to talk. He goes, I tell you what, we're going to have uh, – he goes, we got some friends coming over. We're going to uh, grill out and and burn some stuff a little bit that we got to burn, right, because they got a little fire pit. And he's like, you come on over. Well, holy shit, I, man – so these guys are country, right? Which we had to figure, right? I mean, and they're super cool. But man, I forgot what it was like hanging out with country folk. We drank a lot of beer, and this is how country it is. Uh, for anybody around our area, they know the Boulevard Wheat. We we talk about Boulevard Brewing Company, right? Uh, it's this pretty standard beer that you'll find here in Kansas City, right? Wheat beer, pretty generic in that regard, right? I mean, really good. Uh, but that was too fancy for them, right? They were like, wow. "Oh, geez, Boulevard, huh?" And I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh, and you, like, you ain't even got any ice in this cooler, right?" And I'm just like, and they are forcing natural lights down my throat almost, right? Oh. I mean, I can't, I can't finish one before some some other guy's handing me another one, right? So, so you're so just drinking salt water, just for drinking, rounds. yeah. We we've talked about this, right? Where uh, where in other countries they say, uh. American beer is like making love on the beach because it's fucking close to water. So, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. Right? Uh, But super great. Had a blast that, you know, a bunch of them were uh, K State fans, right? Had been to K State, stuff like that. So I think we made some friends with the neighbors. He also was kind of, you know, helping us out with some things like that and got some plans to kind of where we can kind of share some resources and stuff like that. So had a good time with that. And other than that, man, just working and watching wrestling, man. Hey, besides, let's get, we'll get into the wrestling just real quick, but I do want your opinion because I haven't actually asked you about this. Yeah. Uh, the stoppage of the fight between Floyd yeah. and Conor. So, well, so that gets Did that to me. you think it was too early? Well, everybody was talking about, you know, while we're out there, everybody started kind of bringing up the fight. And they were like, well, shit, that's going on right now. And they were like, yeah, but I ain't going to pay, you know, 100 bucks to watch it. And I was like, uh, well, somebody <clears throat> said, well, you don't have to pay for it, right? Somebody, I don't know who it was. Uh, and <laughs> we pulled it up, ran back over to my place so we could uh, screen share it on the TV and uh, watch it there. And that's kind of, I got it. So I thought, man, with the fight and the hype here, it seemed a little shitty to stop it. But it was evident he wasn't putting his hands up as easily anymore he was backing out i was like okay there's nowhere else for this to go but to get worse so you might as well call it for safety of everybody involved but you get a little bloodthirsty when this thing has been so hyped 
totally agree. I yeah. think for the magnitude of what it was, you should have went a little bit farther. But if those two guys were the first fight on a card where it was main invented by two other guys, yeah. then that stoppage was perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah, it was clear uh, it was over. It was clear Connor wasn't going to suddenly get a Connor second win. And, now, right. the only thing you can say in defense and maybe why people got so upset is you can catch a second wind. You can yeah. get... A, that one more minute of, you know, taking an ass whooping, then you sit on the stool, right. and then you go, I actually don't feel bad. And then you go, and hopefully the 11th and 12th, you know, you pull out a rabbit out of a hat. But, yeah, in the time that the 10th round was going on, he wasn't putting his hands up. And it, it was fair. It was yeah. fair, but I totally understood when Connor was like, hey, let me go out on my shield because this is a fight where, I mean, they made $2.6 million just off of movie theater, the movie theaters that <laughs> yeah, covered the fight, right. they made $2.6 million. That's yeah. not even the traditional pay-per-views. Right, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? For that magnitude, I would have said, eh, let him go out on his face. Yeah, he's making $100 million to lose. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you might as well. And he said it. Let the man put me down. Like, he wanted to get knocked the fuck out. Right. And one other thing. One, and I, I know this is not a fight podcast and we'll get to pro wrestling really quick but i do want to make one point that fighters and the general public has been saying that at nauseum that has just been annoying the hell out of me and it's this well there's no losers tonight connor made a hundred million dollars <laughs> here's the thing about a competitor is it doesn't matter how much money he got paid relatively speaking there's going to be moments tomorrow at lunch or when he's feeding his child, you know, baby food, or he's just driving alone and taking a left onto the next street, where he's going to think back mentally and go, I could have tried harder in training. Mm -hmm. In the fourth round, I could have thrown another uppercut. Yep. Yep. You know, X, Y, and Z, and that's the loser. Well, and there's a loser here. They said Floyd made upwards of 200-plus million, and well, Connor made one. That's why. Right. Okay. So, all right, yeah. The reason why Floyd always makes more money than Pacquiao and Connor and all those guys is Floyd is the promoter. So he goes to Connor and Pacquiao and so says, you're going to fight cash. for X amount of dollars. And they say, okay, cool. Or pay-per-view points, X, Y, and Z. But then he says, everything after your percentage of pay-per-view points and base salary, I'm keeping. So that's why Connor makes a hundred million and Floyd makes three hundred million. It's because of how much this brought in. So that would have happened no matter the result. Right, yeah. Uh, I gotcha. So Floyd was getting the rest of the money. And so but the the money isn't necessarily right. the driving force to a competitor. It's not necessarily why they do it. Right. Right. That's a it's a great benefit. It is right. one of and the biggest benefits. The case for Connor when he said, "Let me go out on my shield." Mm -hmm. If it was just about the money, he'd been like, "Man, I would have stopped that." Fuck in the six. Call it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call this in the first, motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's why I don't like that saying because no, there is a loser. There's going to be moments where Connor. It's going to eat him up in training. He's going to get tired and have flashbacks to when LeBron J he made eye contact with LeBron James as he was getting knocked mm -hmm. out or mm -hmm. you know whoever it is. So mm -hmm. stop it with the, he makes all the money. Because okay. competitors, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter to them. All right. Well, then we will get into pro wrestling. And we always kick yeah. this off with T-Mac giving us three things that he found positive about in the world of pro wrestling. And that's T-Mac's three Ps. But before we do that, I've got some things that are positive as well. That's... Yeah. 
That's all of you going to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and finding any way to help support this show, i.e. through our Amazon links. If you're going to shop on Amazon, you go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Just once, you'll find the link for Amazon. You pick your country. You can bookmark that. And then every time you go to Amazon, whatever you buy is going to be the same price, and we're going to get a little kickback. Works that same way with high spots. There's collar and elbow. Now, you, there you've got to use promo code TABLE. Right, but you'll get mm-hmm. you'll get your discounts there. We'll get our credits. Uh, we've also got our own shop, which is cafepress.com/slash Spanish Announce Table. But there's a link on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. SpanishAnnounceTable.net is your one-stop shop for all of our affiliates. You do that, we're gonna feel good. You're gonna feel good. You're gonna have some stuff, right? Or you can donate to us through PayPal at tableshow@gmail.com if you don't want any stuff. And another thing that's positive, third segment. We've got Punishment Martinez from ROH stopping by to talk to us. But T-Mac's going to give us the biggest three things that'll keep you positive before we start digging deep into the world of pro wrestling, and that is T-Mac's three Ps. All right, so here we go. I could have just said one thing and said it was all three Ps because it was that impactful and that (laughs) crazy and that earth-shattering in the sense of promos in the world of pro wrestling. Kurt Hawkins being eliminated first in uh, in the IC Battle Royal. Exactly. Yep, right. That was it. No. Man. It was obviously <laughs> John Cena and to his credit, Roman Reigns promo. Roman Reigns mm-hmm. brought it. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the best promo of his career yeah. besides missing that little section of his uh, uh, promo. Although, although, if you watch it back, you can realize where this thing turned. Now, they, I clearly think they planned a work shoot, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think they scripted each thing. I think they both went out there like, we're going to do a work shoot, and we're going to go at it. And you can see the moment Roman realizes he fucked up in agreeing to do that because he realized John Cena was whooping his ass at this promo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can because just see his face. Being right. Roman Reigns. John Cena's you... <laughs> 12 years of being John yeah. Cena. He you just gets I mean? this four long st- or however you say it, far long stare, and just kind of like, shit. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, dude. I felt like he was like, I'm getting murdered, so mm. now I got to just say you're a bitch kind of thing. Yeah. But then I think when he said, when Cena said the comment about the U.S. title where I brought prestige and I brought it to the main event type of picture and mm-hmm. you saw it as a demotion, look at Roman Reigns again. I think that's when shit got real. Mm. I think it was – Roman got caught off guard and like, oh, shit, we're already going to the shoot. Well, I better start bringing my game. But I think butt hurts happen when the U.S. title comment okay. happened because he changed his demeanor completely. So yeah. that but, but it was crazy. It was insane. It was cool. The only thing seen as a dork, seen as a dork. Yes. Seen as a dork. Yeah. And, and so the real the life guy seen it is a dork. Yeah. The curtsy at the end. I don't know what the fuck that was. And then when Roman says you suck, and then he does that whole I'm gonna pal with Kurt Angle, and he said he sucked too, and he shut up. I hate when he does that shit. Yeah, he, yeah. And then the one like, it was a good promo. Yeah, in the sense you Cena know, said to Roman, but what Cena said in general is always the same thing. The fans tell us what yeah. to do. No, yeah, no, no they don't. And two, he does do that. He will undercut what the other guy's saying. And that's part of what Roman and these other people have been trying to say that he always downplays and like, oh, I hear the same thing. It's like, well, motherfucker, because you're doing it. You're yeah. out there publicly shitting on him while he's cutting his promo. You're not letting him have the spotlight. You're saying, everybody look at me. Look at me clown around. And fucking yeah. brush it off my shoulder. Well, motherfucker, it's not about you at this moment. 
right? Right. Well, in a competitive ma- manner, it kind of is. But I, I know what you're saying. Right. My thing is, is if you keep hearing the same thing, but if you're the common denominator, <laughs> maybe it's you. Right. Right. Yeah. You're like, yeah, maybe it's you. But anyhow, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was fun. It was one of those ones where I had to watch back. Emily actually watched it because I made her watch it on her birthday, and she actually enjoyed the promo. So that's that shows you how uh, fun I and genuine it was. Tell you though, the line of the night was. I'm still here because you can't do your job right. Like that yeah. was just like, God damn. <laughs> that <laughs> like, was awesome. Wow. But then he ruined it for me when he did the curtsy. It was yes. like, the fuck are you doing, dork? Yeah, right. Anyhow. So that was P1. P2. I, and the, the last two are just kind of, it was a mundane week besides that earth shattering promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fashion police and their yeah. little uh, inside term with the yeah. title belt. Right. And loved it. The right. the whole thing, the little, this is a title. What does it do? No, it's a belt. What does it do? Well, and especially because McMahon was big on, can't call it a belt. It's a title. It's a, right? Like, it's such a, right. yeah, that's such a thing back Love. there. Yeah, it's a reward for being such a pro wrestling nerd, right? It was a reward for us that watch. So, I have it. you heard those two guys on Jericho's podcast? You told me about it, but I have not. God, it's great. You have it. to listen to it. Yeah. All right. There's a P, there's an extra P. Watch, uh, listen to that. Uh, podcast after you're done with this yep. one. Um, and then the third one, I like that Jeff Hardy won the uh, IC b- Battle Royal. Yeah, I hope too. that that kind of starts to separate Matt to do his crazy weird gimmick and Jeff to be the, hey, everyone still loves me when I hump the air, right? Yeah. Right. right. So, I like yeah, that. I like that too. And it should be fun. Yeah, for sure. Yep, All right. Those are the three Ps. I like that. Well, then let's get into, we covered the four hottest news topics out there on the news wires in what we call the Mother 11 news each week. T-Mac, are you going first? You go first. Have we thought maybe she just doesn't know how to work an arm bar? Yeah, sexy star. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Female Lucha Libre wrestler Sexy Star has been accused of intentionally injuring her opponent after going off script in a bout. The incident occurred during a four-way championship bout at Triple Mania 25 in Mexico City on Saturday. <clears throat> Sexy Star persisted with a cross armbar after opponent Rosemary tapped out. The referee called the match, and they had to physically remove Sexy Star when she refused to break the hold. Rosemary, who is said to have suffered a suspected triceps tear with bruising and discoloration around the elbow, spoke out to insist the incident was dangerous and unscripted. Quote, let me make this perfectly clear. If you take liberties with someone's body, then they are giving or when they are giving it to you and trusting you to keep them safe, you are not tough. You are an asshole and you don't belong in this business, said Rosemary in a statement on Sunday. Um, God, and we've seen the fallout from this is tremendous. Uh, Sexy well, Star is getting pulled is off. That- yeah. Well, what's crazy to me is like Sexy Star won the Lucha Underground Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. She was a rec- it's not like it's some girl or guy who was so green that didn't understand what they were doing. Like mm-hmm. she was an established name mm-hmm. in my book. Yeah. And so that's why I didn't understand what made her do this. Well, and so I've seen a couple of promotions that are not bullshit promotions, but they're not huge names, but they're names that you know that are respected if you see it, um, have mentioned that they've had some run-ins with her where they thought she was slightly unprofessional. Uh, so it sounds like this isn't completely out of left field, but it's something I don't think that was publicly that we'd heard, right? right. Being, I never you know, heard right. anything like that yeah, mm-hmm. as far as her um, yeah. conduct in the ring. But yeah, what a bullshit move. That Man. Rosemary hit a nail on the head. You are not tough if I say here's my body and you fuck it up 
Like right. that doesn't make you tough. Anyone can do that to a dummy. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, so and stupid. so I saw the Road Dog tweet when I think it was Canellis, Mike Canellis, who had well Mike yeah. Bennett, who had said, you know, uh, uh, hey, we're behind Rosemary and all that kind of stuff that everybody's been putting out there. <clears throat> um, he said, hey, she really hurt her. I just want to make sure, because if that's the case, I want to make sure she works nowhere near me ever in the future. And he's the head writer for WWE right now, so, wow, you really fuck some shit up for yourself there. And, I mean, by all means, I am not opposed in this industry to having a zero-tolerance policy on that one. There can't be any, like, yeah. Yeah, there's some things where I'm like, hey, push the limits as far as character writing because you know this is all fictitious i've always said you know uh when telling the story of jesus someone's got to play the devil so i'm Mm -hmm. okay with that but when it comes to taking real liberties and thinking you're tough with someone who's saying here's an arm here's a leg here's a head that is when you should be black the basis of this performance and this is where we get into a lot of heat when we say it's not a sport and it's performance art because the basis of this performance in the art is that I am trusting you. It's why you say they're the bravest athletes in the world. Because yep. if we're in a match, me and T-Mac, I'm going to say, T-Mac, fucking here is my arm. I know full well that if you got pissed and mad, you can snap it and break it at your own free will. But I'm trusting you not to do that. And if you break right. that trust, then God damn it, you can't be here. Yeah, you, you can't go. You, you got to find a new line of work. Be a you writer, just, yeah. put up the ring together, do something else because you can't go yeah. in the ring. If you That's can't control that anger, yeah, we've got it. Yeah, yeah. maybe some can be forgiven and you can work in the industry, but you can't be trusted to handle another human being because nope. their livelihood is in your hands. Not just even, Al, you hurt me, I'm out for six months, but that's paying her bills. There isn't this mm-hmm. health care coverage, although, you know, NWL covers some of the you know they're full time guys, but yeah, but, but that's the anomaly. If, yeah, know, and they would that. fire you right because you just cost them a shit ton of money. Uh, that's the whole thing, though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's lucky she didn't get her ass kicked and got out of there safely. This sexy stuff. Definitely. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Ah, uh, can't believe that. No headline here. Indie wrestler dies at unsanctioned wrestling event. Uh, Uh, William Ogletree died on Tuesday afternoon, suffering a critical head injury at an unsanctioned wrestling event. Ogletree was injured Sunday after taking a spine buster and was reported to have no brain activity on Tuesday, according to his uncle. William had only recently began competing in professional wrestling, but had expressed interest in pro wrestling for quite some time. Uh, Oklahoma State Athletic Commission Joe Miller said that the event was not licensed by the commission despite the state's requirement for all professional events to receive approval before they begin. Uh, So it looks like uh, the promoter uh, is hightailing it because he didn't make a comment. His name, or her name, excuse me, is, uh, well, it's Leslie Hensley. So Leslie could be a guy or a girl, mm-hmm, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure who that promoter is. Yeah. Uh, well, and they could get a serious fine from the state and just, or never allowed, yeah, just never allowed to do anything again. Right. Well, and- so another person, blackball them, because you can't, look, my experience, I know that the athletic commission at times is a joke and just gangsters trying to take your money. I completely one million percent understand that. However, 
to run any type of promotion, whether sport or entertainment, you have to follow the rules because well, when this shit happens, this well, is when you can't do your fun thing anymore. Here's the thing. Yes, the commission is, like you said, set up to be like a joke for pro wrestling, right? So the same commission oh, that does your MMA. Work. Well, sure. Uh, but they also, I think what they realize is, okay, they see a company like UFC, Titan when it was up and running, uh, NWL, right? Our local guys are going to come in and they go, ah, these guys know what they're doing. Hey, we need our money. Give us our money, right? But they yeah. recognize that you guys know what you're doing. You know how to get medical assistance when needed. You know how to fucking check the guys. You know how to get blood work done. You know all those things, right? So they get it. They know it. But they also know pay the fucking tax, man. They would have walked in and seen this place and been a little more intrusive and been like, wait a True. minute. Let me see some fucking paperwork. Let me see some, right? Because, yes, there's they're looking for a baseline. If you meet the baseline, then they just want their fucking money, right? And they're yep. going to get it however they get it. But if you don't, hey, motherfucker, right? Like, there's a certain level of safeness that we have to provide. And that's what the commission is at least there to do. Now, can we argue, hey, you're just fucking profiting off this for no reason? Sure. But yeah, when you have to when you have to pay a uh, announcer's fee, I think that's when it gets a little <laughs> yeah. carried away. Thanks but, NWL for that. <laughs> I got well, mine paid for. Right, it's everywhere. It, right, know, Titan and and KCFA. We had to mm-hmm. do the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyhow, sad yep. for the loss of life. Uh, wish it didn't happen. Obviously not in this way. And uh, hopefully that promoter is not allowed to do another event. Just like Sexy Star, I believe shouldn't be allowed to wrestle in a ring again. Um, so two kind of downers there, but let's uh, pick it up and get to some fun right. and good news. All right. In our next story. Diamonds are forever and so is Rick Flair. Woo! All right. After his hospitalization and surgery back in mid-August, WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair is set to begin physical therapy according to a new announcement from WWE and a Facebook post from Flair's fiance Wendy Barlow. Uh, WWE's update says Ric Flair is recovering and set to begin physical therapy following his August 12th hospitalization and subsequent surgery. Flair's fiance Wendy Barlow, provided an update on her Facebook page regarding the two-time WWE Hall of Famer's condition. Quote, he is doing very well for a man who has been through so much. He will begin physical therapy shortly and will be stronger than ever and back out enjoying all the fans sooner than you would think. An update from Flair's official Twitter account this morning was equally optimistic, saying, Sometimes you have to get knocked down lower than you have ever been to stand up taller than you ever were. Nate will be back. Uh, that's good news. It sounds like we have not seen the last of Ric Flair, and that makes me happy. Of course. I am so excited. I hope ho- the perfect world scenario is that he gets back to full strength and health by the time his 30 for 30 is released on yes. ESPN. And then he can do the promotional fun stories with the Dan Lebitard, uh, the you know Sports Nation, Sports Center, uh, WWE Raw, WWE SmackDown, making all the appearances and stuff, and then just gets back to being Ric Flair, and then we're back on the the horse riding again. That is perfect world scenario. That's what I'm holding out hope for. Uh, it's good to see that uh, it was looking very uh, doom and gloom there for a while, and now we're uh, looking to see some sunshine and hopefully. Uh, some better times, and let's uh, keep that hope alive for the Nature Boy. Woo! Woo! 
So if you're going to do the best pro wrestlers, Ellsworth has to be number one. Well, of course. PW 500 was released, and we're not going to go through the 500 best pro wrestlers, but what we will do is we will do the top 10. And in these lists that I love oh so much, typically Captain does them, and I have to guess them. So let's turn the tables, and I will start with number 10 and see if Captain can guess. So number 10. Oh, jeez. Um... God, I saw the list earlier too. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> I didn't okay, know that. um, <clears throat> it is number ten is Seth Rollins. Nope. Okay. It is. It is. I'll just tell you, so you'll guess it because the segment's been kind of long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the Miz. Oh, that's right, the Miz. I forgot the Miz was on there. That's right. That's a good spot. Yeah, I think think so. And I feel like he's putting in top 10 work right now. And I felt like it's gone kind of unnoticed, but it sounds like it, at least not by the folks over at PWI. Right. All right. Number nine, who you think? Nine is... Theme song is amazing. So it's Shinsuke. Nope. Oh, it's Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. This was this is so I have some debate over the list. I would have switched Rude and Miz because Rude was doing it in Florida, where you stay in Florida. Miz mm-hmm. was on the main roster, giving you the talking smack, giving you the IC matches, going town to town. For that reason alone, I would have switched those two. So number nine, though, they had as Bobby Glorious Rude. Number eight. Number eight is Dean Ambrose. That is correct. I would not have put him in the top ten. I wouldn't have either. I thought that was way out of left field. Well, I don't. I don't even feel like he's doing top twenty. Yeah, I guess it's over the whole year, huh? But right. I still, Remember he was man. And then that was when the brand split kind of thing was happening. So I understand that aspect. I would have put him in the top twenty, but number eight, I would have put Cody Rhodes because remember Me what he too. did. Yeah, he did WrestleMania, Ring of Honor, uh, Supercard, um, Wrestle Kingdom, and Bound for Glory. He did all four of the major events in one year. That'll right. never happen again. Yeah, I feel like he's put in top ten work this year. Although, I mean, that's a tough, you know, when you only got ten spots and there's so many great workers out there. But yeah, I was shocked that he wasn't in the top ten. That's for sure. Yeah, I would have taken Ambrose out, and I would have put. Um, Cody in. So number seven. Seven is Rowan Reigns. Nope. It's Samoa Joe, which Samoa I think Joe. is perfect. You think? Did great work with Nakamura. Did great work with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Made a big impact with his debut against Seth Rollins on Raw as like Triple H's right-hand man. Thought it was great. Number six. Number six is Roman Reigns. Nope, this is God Nakamura. Damn it, Nakamura! Now I'm just gonna have to keep saying Roman Reigns every time. <laughs> You'll get right, but Nakamura. so, but wait, you, back on the. Yeah, that's another one where I. I mean, I guess because I haven't watched 
some of these people outside. I mean, I know Joe did a lot of great in NXT, and Nakamura, of course, overseas, and even in NXT, I guess he was in NXT the whole year, huh? Those yeah. two, I just felt like nowhere near had the impact that Cody Rhodes did this year for me. I you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, you want me to just do the ne- uh, te- next five? Yeah, let's do it because I'm just going to keep guessing Roman yeah. Reigns okay. until I hit Number Roman Reigns. Five. Number five, Kenny Omega, which I think the impact he's made outside of the WWE for me to take notice, like I have, being a WWE guy, I thought it's been, yeah, that's perfect for him. Uh, Kenny Omega, number five. Mm-hmm. Number four, you've said him all night, it's Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. Uh, you know, I get it. He's main eventing everything. He he retired the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I, I feel. He, he's Lex Luger to me. He'll yeah. always be Lex Luger until he changes. And so, but sure. Number three, <laughs> I thought should have been kind of a tie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Three was Kevin Owens. But I think... And I get he was the universal champion. He was a part of the great moment that Triple H turned on Seth Rollins and he took advantage of it, won the title. But I kind of feel like it was Owens and Jericho. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like you can't. You should have almost put an asterisk and said Y2J. Yeah, I agree. Right. But yeah, that thing alone was a big portion of his success. Now, I mean, he did go outside of it. But even when he went outside of it, he was still referencing right. Jericho. And for the yeah, he did that for what eight months. I feel like that sh- asterisk Jericho. But I agree with number three. Number two is who I would have put as number one. And I think if he wasn't taken out of the uh, world championship title picture uh, later in the year, he would have got number one. Mm-hmm. But it's the greatest pro wrestler on the face of the earth, and I'll fight you if you disagree. But it's AJ Styles. Okay. <laughs> You think he was the number one pro wrestler of the year? Oh, yes. His match at Royal Rumble against John Cena, his match uh, in that he gave with Shane McMahon. He made Shane McMahon look like a decent wrestler. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah. I mean, that's that's hard to do. I'll give you that. And, and his promo work has been the best it's ever been. He can his match with Chad Gable was fucking awesome. Like he makes everyone awesome. His his if I don't think the the rank the uh, rankings incorporated this, but even his current feud with Kevin Owens has been phenomenal, pun intended. And I think he's just killing it, night in night out. He's hitting home runs. They might just be over the fence sometimes, or they might be out of the park completely. But they're always home runs, and I think he is the best pro wrestler. In the world. But he got number two, according to PWI. Number one was the first non-American to get the number one spot, and that is Okada. Mm-hmm. And look, I I love Okada. I think his Rainmaker clothesline is awesome. I think he does have the prettiest drop kick since a young Randy Orton. I think his psychology as far as telling a story uh, in matches against guys like Kenny Omega is top notch. I think the trilogy between him and Kenny Omega is top 10 of all time as far as trilogies go. But I've said it a few weeks ago. I think it's cause it's over there. Mm -hmm. It's so much cooler. I I, I agree with that. Fatigue. WWE fatigue is a real thing. Hence Dean Ambrose. Why we just took him out. It's cause we see him every week cutting a 15 minute promo. 
I think that's why when you see the Okadas, you see the Omegas, you see the Naitos, you see the uh, lesser-known guys on that card, you go, this is fucking cool because you watch it once a month. You know, Dean Ambrose is fucking cool once a month too, but you see him five times a week. So, yeah. but I agree. I, I would have put Okada top three. I would have put him three. I would have put Styles, Owen slash Y2J, Okada, Omega, Cody. That's how I would have done it. Yeah. I, I, in, I know we mentioned Owens as you know, having that asterisk of Y2J, but everybody has to have some dance partners. And I feel like, man, Owens, I'm super glad to see him in that top five uh, because I just feel like he has fucking hammered it out of the park this year. Yeah, and and honestly, (laughs) if I'm being completely legit with everyone, uh, you know, I also think Kenny Omega and Okada need asterisks and put the other guy's name next to them. That's You know what I mean? They made each other. So... Uh, yeah, but I just felt like that storyline was so heavy of Y2J KO. It was like one word almost. Um, but yeah, there it is. Top 10. I'll go again. 10, Miz. 9, Rude. 8, Ambrose. 7, Joe. 6, Nakamura. 5, Omega. 4, Reigns. 3, Owens. 2, Styles. 1, Okada. There you go. That was great. All right, then we need to go ahead and take a break because we've been going long in this segment, but it's been fun, man. We've had a lot to talk about, and uh, and we've got a lot more to talk about. We've got our third segment coming up, and we're going to talk to Punishment Martinez. We're going to dish out a little Punishment, the Punishment. Stick around for our third segment. But next, first and foremost, we got to talk to you. You listen, we got to hear what you want to talk about. And we'll do that when we come back in our next segment for Tweet the Table on the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And and and, uh, we'll say this. Uh, Mark (laughs) Henry was featured in the 2014 horror comedy film A Haunted House 2. Go check that out. Getting some acting work in. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. Spanish announce table. We are back. Woo! Feeling a little, uh, a little fun. Had a couple beers in me. We did a great interview, which you will hear later. We like to do those first to uh, give these gentlemen and or ladies that we interview time to get about their day. But we interviewed Punishment Martinez, and you're going to hear that in the next segment in our rotating third segment of ROH fame. Uh, he was great. Yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I need to clarify something from the first segment yes. uh, just to make sure I'm accurate. Okada is the first Japanese wrestler to be given the top spot in the PWI 500. Right. So just being specific as possible, Okada, first Japanese pro wrestler at mm-hmm. the number one spot mm-hmm. in PWI 500. Right. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's get into this. Uh, as we always tell you, it's the number one podcast recorded on a Wednesday. It is. We've got the most fun and interactive game in Twitter and pro wrestling podcast. What is that you say? Oh, I'll answer it for you. It is hashtag tweet the table. Here you go. And this is what it is. 
tweet the table or hashtag tweet the table as it should be called. Uh, my apologies. It's a fun and interactive game where you tell us what to talk about. Now you send us any and every pro wrestling thought that includes WWE, TNA, GFW, WCW, ECW, uh, NWL, anything that you think ROH. about. ROH. ROH. Past shows that we've done a part of Spanish announce table. Whatever that is, send it to us in a hashtag tweet table. We will read at least one and all of the best in this segment right here. Right here, right now. And we kick it off with good friend of the show at the Ice Man Forever. Says, since there isn't anything else to watch right now, I'm going to watch Impact Wrestling. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag Lord help me. Proof. How'd it go for you? Ice Man. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Come to think of it, I haven't seen Iceman as active on the social media. Did he die from watching Impact Wrestling? If he did, R.I.P., you know? Gosh, I hope not. I hope not. At Katie First. Lady. Says, a part of me wanted to see who would end Asuka's reign, but having her be undefeated makes her more dominant. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, Asuka, we didn't talk about that. Uh, I guess maybe we covered that in the news last time. Dunzo. Yeah, she got hurt. Got yeah, she hurt. got hurt. I, I like the move, right? Because yeah. you're going to make someone strong and then uh, counteract an injury. Well, then just have her relinquish it, have her stay undefeated, yep. and then bring her up to the main roster. I love it. It gives good anticipation for when she debuts mm-hmm. where we know she'll be. Well, And it's a good clean break because how many times do we see this? Like, this just happened with Rude, right? Oh, they mm-hmm. lost. They lost their title, so now they're coming to the main roster. Right? Every main roster accompanies this, oh, you lose your NXT title. Thanks. Thanks for the memories, right? But this is a little different now, right? It was, well, as long as reigning champion, I got injured. Well, fuck it. Why do I have this thing anymore? It's You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah like I, like, I like the move. I think it's fun. I think uh, it actually adds some uh, juice to her return. And I'm actually... Oddly enough, even though I think she's way overrated, I'm looking forward to her return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At Adam underscore Pearson. Hey, hey, who's that guy? Right? That guy. Uh, uh, our most famous contributor, would you say? Sure. Right? Say. Yeah. Besides me. Besides you, at Adam underscore Pearson says, hashtag tweet the table. The wrestling industry has evolved greatly to shake its thuggish reputation. Shooting has no place in 2017. Shame on Triple A. Um, well, I don't know that Triple A was to blame here. I think this is solely sexy star because she also got in a fight with that other competitor, like in the match uh, while yeah. they were in that four-way match. I think she was just in a pissy mood for whatever reason and just fucking went rogue. Well, you know, she's one of them women, and so it was probably her time of the month, and then they're below sea level in Mexico, so she probably can't think with that small brain. That's probably why she was shooting. Thanks, Donald Trump. (laughs) It was amazing. Stupendous. Did you see that dumb motherfucker talk about how great the crowd size was when he went down to Houston to fucking talk to the... Anyway, people that couldn't go back home. Yeah, like great. We're only here for the fucking free water. At Chris Mercado twenty three says. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> sorry. We love all sides here. 
You know, all sides. We, hey, Both we sides. love you, but you guys made a mistake and voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fact. You made a mistake for all of us. At Chris Mercado 23 says McGregor loses and suddenly everyone is a boxing expert. Hashtag. Hashtag. I can't do it. Oh. Let me read that again. At Chris Mercado 23 says McGregor loses and suddenly everyone is a boxing expert. Hashtag. No! Hashtag tweet the table. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't even want to go into it. Well, no, I mean it's. I go through this a, a ton when you watch MMA fights with people who have never seen a fight because they just go, "Well, if I'm standing there and he grabs me, I'm gonna break his arm." <sighs> what the fuck are you talking about? How? Well, yeah, I just right. don't know why he just don't get up when they take him down. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. another thing, I don't get why. He don't just punch him in the nose and knock him out. You know how many people I knocked out? I knocked out 15 in my day. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. why you want to take that woman over there and grab her by the hand and marry her. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, I do know. I can do, I can do another one. I can do the elitist. The Oh, my God. You're trying to tell me that he doesn't know how to get out of a Kimura? Right. How does he not know the footwork? Yeah. It's just simple art. You're right. Yeah. Shut up, you fucking idiots. Yeah, because everything's in a vacuum, right? Everything's in a vacuum, and and that's there's no variables here. It's just x equals y, right? Yeah, just fuck off. Right there. Yep. Yep. Uh, Speaking of vacuum, and I don't know if this is in Tweet the Table, but I want to say it while it's on my mind. How awesome was it when Dolph Ziggler was like, or maybe I'll just paint myself up like Finn Balor because I'm a charisma vacuum. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We will talk about Dolph more. Uh, At Isabella Druck. I, yeah, we, I, I have recently uh, uh, been pushing some social media hard here. We've gotten a lot of new followers, uh, like and I've been trying to push the hashtag tweet the table pretty hard. Uh, and I've shared with everyone, please, uh, if you have wrestling thoughts, share them with us. Hashtag tweet the table, and we'll read them on the show. And at Isabella Drug says hashtag tweet the table. What was it? Hey, so, thanks. Love thanks. Thank you. Uh, Maybe next time you tell us something else, too, because uh, hey, we want to hear what your thoughts are. We want to hear what you got to say. Uh, but welcome to the fold, right? Sorry if I didn't explain myself fully there. So you share your any and every wrestling thought. You're watching the shows. You're going, Ziggler was hilarious. Tell us that, right? Hashtag tweet yes. the table. Ziggler was hilarious. And if you've got any uh, extra information, share with us. At GBL316 says, is Jerry an improvement on Booker? Hashtag tweet the table. Well, you've got to understand yes. here, Booker is, well, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, it wasn't about improvement at that time. It was who was available. And Booker, obviously, being from Houston with the huge uh, oh, catastrophic yeah. hurricane down there. Right. And God, I hope him and everyone in Houston makes it out safe. I know they've already reported 18 dead and then that horrific, just heartbreaking uh, report of the family that got washed up while they were in the uh, in the van was just beyond belief. But all of that aside, and getting back to the entertainment part of a entertainment pro wrestling podcast, yeah, it's a fucking huge upgrade from right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything as is. as bad as Jerry Lawler, when you've been exposed to Jerry Lawler for a long period of time, can get. Uh, 
No. Still better than Booker T when you've been exposed yep. to Booker T for a long yeah. period of time. You can go find an old phone book from the 90s and point at a name, and that person today is better than Booker T. Well, and here's the thing. Or you could just flip to the phone book and have either Jerry Lawler talk to you about what's in that phone book or Booker T talk to you about what's in that phone book and you're going to be much more entertained by what Jerry Lawler has to say what's in that phone book than you will Booker T. Yeah, I'm just saying Booker T is the worst at this job. It's pretty bad. At Living Legend 148 and says... Frank can do a... Or a uh, who, who's the <laughs> deaf and mute girl? Who's that one? Is that Anne Frank? That's not Anne Frank. That's... No. Uh, Helen Keller. Yeah, Helen Keller. Helen yeah. Keller is better at play like Anne play Frank like is probably Booker fucking T. better than Booker T. Yeah, Anne Frank is too. Better she had to keep quiet. At least, at least she was quiet. Right. <laughs> 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 Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, we're terrible. At Living Legend 148 says, first female referee since the 80s? What about Jackie Moore? Hashtag May Young Classic. Hashtag Tweet the Table. Good call. But that was a special guest referee. Yeah, right? I said first full time right. female WWE employee. Or, yeah, what, uh, re- referee. Right. At the ultimate one says, no, Miz, Kurt Angle doesn't know about respect. See, he was on the album call cover called, or he does know about respect. So, see, he was on an album cover called Respect. Hashtag tweet the table. He sent a little picture here. I haven't seen this before, but yeah, there is an album called Respect. Well, who's by? It's got Kurt Angle on the cover. Of course it does. And Muir? Is that how you say that? Sure. Right. It's called the respect Dana. issue. The respect. Dana. At <laughs> Lady Undertaker says, O-M-G. Big Show was clean shaven. Almost didn't recognize him. Looks a little weird, but not bad. Hashtag tweet the table. I made the remark that he looked like he had a job interview earlier that day, right? But he, <laughs> you ever gone to work and you're dressed up nice and you're clean shaven? Everybody's like, what do you got going on here? Huh? I got a job interview. And you're like, no, no, no. Why would you say that? Of course not. I love my job. Nope. That's kind of how the big show thing felt. It's like, why? He looked like the head of a penis. Yeah. I also tweeted out that uh, he went from the son of the giant, or of, of Andre the Giant to the son of, uh, to the son of King Kong Bundy. Right, all in the span Both of a career, accurate. right? <laughs> Both accurate. At Devil Vamp. Remember Devil Vamp? Yeah, I love that guy. Right? Uh, was he the one who used to give us the movie pick of the week? I believe so. And we never watched the movie? Because yeah, we're assholes? We <laughs> At Devil Vamp says, May Young no, Classic. Yeah, we did because I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's Wasn't true. he the one who said, watch that? And That's I was like, true. fuck that, but then I finally gave in. Right. That Devil Vamp says, May Young Classic is fucking awesome. First episode was hard hitting. First match was not. Hashtag fat Mexican. Hashtag tweet the table. Woo. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Have you watched any of the May Young Classic yet? I have not yet because I want to actually give it time to sit down and watch it if I'm going to watch it, but I just haven't, you know, haven't. I don't know. I didn't really watch the Cruiserweight Classic either other than like the first episode. I just... I don't know, man. I do need a storyline. And the tournaments are fun to win. I don't know. Like, King of the Ring is kind of fun, too. But, like, I, I just feel like at least there it's characters that I know and it's storylines that start intermixing that are already existing. I want to watch Marty Bell. 
Yeah, I want to watch Marty Bell. The, these, yeah, these thrown together where there's absolutely nothing and these people I've never heard of. It's just hard for me to get behind, you know? Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah. All right. At Chris Mercado 23, side note, I like that fucking guy, says, legit loser? What are we, in elementary school? Call her a bitch. Hashtag tweet the table. You know who will call her a bitch? Hmm. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar will call her a bitch. At B- City, bitch. Bitch. At B underscore double underscore. <laughs> Says somebody call 911 because John Cena just murdered Roman Reigns. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, some of my favorite memes was they already put like a uh, in memory of Roman Reigns, like 1985 <laughs> to 2017. I thought that was pretty great. That is a good one. Yeah, man. He really just fucking gave it to him. That was fun. Yeah. And like I said, Roman Reigns did awesome for him. It was just that John Cena did better yeah. than that. One of the best I've seen of Roman Reigns, if not the best. Yeah. Absolutely. I will give him that. But man, you went up against one of the greatest of all time who can get hokey. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like and and is hokey and childish and eye-rollingly bad more often than he's not, but when he's not that and he's on the money, John Cena is one of the absolute greatest of all time, top 5 on the mic. That's that's the definition of pro wrestling right mm-hmm. there. Mhm. Yeah, very much. It is hokey, it is more often <laughs> right. than not eye-rolling, but when it is not, it is it's the greatest of all time. the greatest shit you can see, right? At Mr. Fourth Row, god damn, we stumbled upon something there, didn't we? At <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fourth Row says, Laurel Van Ness getting to Grado's heart through his stomach, whipped cream to his Twinkie, hashtag tweet the table. So I did see this one thing, Grado... Uh, from GFW Impact, he's getting deported, so he's out there mm-hmm. talking about he's gonna miss everybody yep. and all the things he's gonna miss, and he just misses a, a like lists a bunch of types of fries. <laughs> I guess that's the things he's gonna miss. So that was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah, I like Grado. I think <laughs> yeah. he's fun. I think he's a, the charismatic, you know, fun Santino type that mm-hmm. a good promotion needs, and so hopefully they hold on to him longer than. Uh, expected and do some great things with them. Push them to the top. Why not? Fuck it. Your promotion sucks. <laughs> right. At Lady Undertaker says Enzo is now in the cruiserweight division. Who'd he piss off anyway? Hashtag tweet the table. From the sounds of it, every fucking body. Yeah. And also, I unfollowed him on all social media. I followed him on all of it and I unfollowed him on all of it now because. Maybe I'm influenced by the reports, but that in the back of my mind and then seeing him show off his $10,000 ticket that he spent for the Mayweather McGregor that had the barcode and all of the 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 code at the bottom, which anyone could have ripped off if he didn't get there on time kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And, and then him laughing at Conor McGregor, which, look, I'm all for – you know, trying to get your own money, and he was trying to probably goat Connor into a response, and yada yada yada. But laughing as the man is getting punched in the face, it was like, dude, you're coming off cheap right now. And then all the stuff with the he's bad on a bus, and he's telling people, look who I'm bringing backstage and stuff. Maybe I just don't. You know like what he comes off as is hood rich, like yep. You know, just and to his credit, is a guy who. I, from what we hear, didn't have much, worked right. his ass off to get noticed, put in the time to get where he's at, right? But now yeah. it's taken that to be like, 
like, hey, I made it. Everyone should be sucking my dick right now. Like, yeah, hold on. I think he's on. well-intentioned. Yeah, I think he's well-intentioned. He just needs to be humbled. And maybe yes. this 205 Live thing is what's going to humble him. Yeah. Well, and from what I heard, too, that uh, they're, they're going to pair him up there uh, and, you know, like maybe we'll get some good training from those guys. I mean, those guys have been up and down the road and know, hey, man, look at you and look at us. You're one of us. Here's how we have to get by in the business yep. here. Right. At Mr. Fourth Row says, Mahal is the WWE champion. Drew McIntyre is the NXT champion. So Heath Slater should be the universal champion, right? Hashtag tweet the table. No, he's got to be Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Apparently. Who, when we had 3MB, if I would have told you, flash forward a couple years, the only one that won't be one of the bigger top champions would be Heath Slater, would you have believed me? Well, but let's not forget the fact that he got over and was the first SmackDown tag team champion with sure. Rhino in a gimmick that was supposed to go nowhere. But if I said free agent out of all of these three guys, pick the two that are going to be a top level champion of whatever show they're on. Would Heath Slater not have been one of those two? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just He's odd to me. Sure. Yeah. It's just odd. He still spit out the I got kids in a line I heard, man, I really think they should push that, and that could get him to at least a mid-card title level. Yeah, especially with this Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's kid. I think yes. they should run with that. Like, yeah, like, hey, Angle, man, I got think, kids. Yeah, yeah, you think this is hard? I got kids. I got you don't kids, think I want to support my kids? I'm trying to support my kids with wrestling. And then, right there, Jason Jordan. still want him to have a different kid every week, and he's got to, yep. like, sit him there. <laughs> if Jason Jordan has a kid that's old enough to be on TV, they should grab Jason Jordan's kid as Heath Slater's well, kid. And here's one. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's a random SmackDown or whatever. Is he on SmackDown, Heath Slater? Raw. He's on Raw. It's random Raw. They're going to do that, and he's like, all right, we've got a match later, and be like, oh, shit, can we move this up because he's got a doctor's appointment i got to be at later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, i got kids. Right? God damn it. We, all right. We've got parent-teacher conferences, so yes. I'm not going to be at the venue until 9, so right. you're going to have to push my match back. Can I be in the third hour? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, man, you know how it is, right? i got kids. you got kids, right? Just fucking... God damn it, so easy. It fucking writes itself. At Theo75 says, John Cena does have a big mouth, just like the Alpha Dark Seeker from I Am Legend. Hashtag tweet the table. I Am Legend, that's Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah, you remember them, those, uh, did you watch the movie? Oh, he's talking about the, th yeah, okay. Yeah, I the, 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 I thought they were saying yeah. Will Smith in him. I was like, Will no, Smith? Will Smith's got a big mouth, yeah, too, okay, yeah. He does. At B underscore double underscore. Says, maybe Vince's plan all along was to create a Roman Reigns to finally get Cena cheered? Hashtag conspiracy. Hashtag tweet the table. I think you're giving people too much credit. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's that smart. Right. At Chris Mercado 23 says, Emma's new music is so bad that it threw Mickey off. Therefore, Emma was able to win. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, and then just yell randomly that she started the women's revolution. Yeah. It, what does I've, that do? Bring Paige back and Paige beats her up? Maybe. Maybe that's where they're going. But, like, I just, I don't know, man. Too uh, much talent. Too, much, yeah. too many people. Well, and... For whatever, man, Emma, like, I know they said she couldn't get behind what they were trying to do with Lana, 
with that weird dancer gimmick, but they even kind of abandoned that with Lana, it looks like. But, like, I don't know, man. It just felt like it put Emma in this limbo where now it's just hard to kind of give a shit. Yep, I agree. At Katie First. Lady. Says, Sasha just can't catch a break in defending a title. Sorry, only Asuka can have a long reign. Hashtag tweet the table. No, they've given people long reigns here, but Sasha, they seem to only give her those really fucking short reigns. Maybe that's her legacy. Yeah, she'll win a title, but she's going to hold it for fucking two weeks. <laughs> yeah, she's going to lose it the same day. Yeah. She's going to win it at the start of the show and yeah. lose by the main event. Yeah, 14-time champion, but only have held it for like eight months total time. <laughs> at Lady Undertaker says... Bitter much, Ziggler? Why not just take your ball and go home? Hashtag tweet the table. So there's still some rumblings that maybe he is gone. They're going to get one last thing out of him. Push out of him. Yeah. Good. Yeah, why not? He's not fucking doing anything. And even this is, he he still doesn't pull this off as well as somebody else could. But I like it better than anything he's done in recent memory. My thing is, yeah, that character has finished. It's done. This character's done. Yeah. Now they are, it seems like they were teasing like he's going to come out and be really over the fucking top next week to fuck with somebody. Right. So that could be fun to see. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I don't know. At Mr. Fourth Row says, now that Pelvis Presley is out of the way, now Heath Slater can go after the Universal title. Hashtag tweet the table. Keep on hoping, Fourth Row. Pelvis, Keep on hoping. Pelvis Presley. South Paul Regional Wrestling. Yep. The Butchers. Yeah, that's true. Yep. God, Southpaw. That's fun. They should do that for multiple seasons. At B underscore double underscore. D. This big show looking like his face is melting. Hashtag tweet the tail. <laughs> yeah, when he was sweating, he looked like a, he looked like a, a mozzarella cheese that have just but got I, out of the microwave. Tell you what, though, man. Yeah, it, he did look totally different without the beard. Totally Yeah, he different. looked like a little boy. And we've seen him with a goatee, so he had almost no beard before. But, man, just totally different. Really weird looking. At Katie First. first. Lady. He looked like like a principal that's been the principal of that middle school for like 22 years. You know what I mean? Like just never got past that. Still making barely more than the than the janitor. Right? Nobody respects like him. Offensive coordinator of a 500 high school football team. Yeah. Yeah. At Katie first. Lady. Says, I also now believe whomever wins the May Young Classic should be the NXT women's champion. Hashtag to the table. Whew, I don't know about that. I feel like if you want to push that, you give them a spot in a tournament or a four way match. Right. Yeah, but just giving the NXT Ember champion and the right, duo right. and uh, Liv Morgan. Yeah, those girls. You're just going to shit on them? Well, even if you're going to have whoever won the Mae Young Classic be the NXT Women's Championship, I feel like you have at least have to play like you're trying to be like, oh, well, you get a shot at it with the other NXT women, right? To give it right. some sort of legitimacy because then, yeah, then you're just saying, well, this Mae Young Classic, all these other women who were never good enough to get into NXT are suddenly – as good as the whole rest of the NXT women who have right. been here. Yep. Just doesn't the make sense. Bad. Right. At Chris Mercado 23 says, hands down, the best back and forth promo I've seen in a while. Cena dropped a lot of hashtag true facts about Roman. Hashtag tweet the table. Best back and forth promo you've seen in a while? You don't agree. 
hot take the back and forth between Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe uh, just from a couple months ago. That was better because and I, and I told you this, too. It's harder to stay in character and cut a passionate promo than it is to shoot and just say your real feelings and break character and mm-hmm. the fourth wall, which you can go into a little bit uh, more. Yeah. So in my opinion, the better back and forth was Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yes, well, I and, agree with and, that. Roman Reigns, yeah. the whole thing. I'm just, but the, specifically those two. Well, I agree with that, yes, because both of those guys just put out what they were really feeling, and Cena's been wanting to let that out for a decade. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the fourth wall thing bothered me a little bit, because, and it's become kind of a graved-over term, but the fourth wall is not breaking kayfabe or pulling back the curtain. That's already one of the walls, so theater... The fourth wall is the wall in front of you, right? The three walls the audience sees. They see the walls inside of you and the one back. So when you're pulling back the curtain, you're already pulling back one of those three walls. Breaking the fourth wall is when you legitimately address the audience as audience members suddenly looking in on this this but world WWE that we're looking does at. That. But WWE already does that, so it's kind of hard to use that term because they're that's where they're more sports than entertainment because it's presented more like a sport right than entertainment so yeah if you've ever watched a movie and john cena did this when remember the maria canellis interview and she said something real stupid and he looked at the camera and was like oh my god right right and he looked right at the camera and looked at you watching that's breaking the fourth wall right does that make sense right yeah yeah well All right, at Lady Undertaker says, are the Hardys being split up with Jeff going for singles titles? Hashtag tweet the table. Man, I hope we get woken Matt Hardy. I don't even want broken Matt Hardy now. I don't even want that. I want to see the new woken Matt Hardy. Yep, agree. Because I feel like then it won't be trying to be a throwback to this thing that was so great, right? This could st- yes, it will, right? It's still the same idea and root idea, but it almost has to by nature, especially since this other thing's held up in legal limbo. It kind of has to be different. Yep, I agree. Yep, I like it. And yeah, Jeff Hardy, I, I fuck it. I don't even, I want to see Jeff Hardy win the IC title now. As much as I love yeah. The Miz, I'd rather see The Miz go on and get pushed up into the main event storylines. And let's yeah, get Hardy with the title. Was reportedly hurt, so in the meantime, put Miz in that spot. Right. And, you know, who doesn't love Jeff Hardy in his 1990s metallic skin-tight T-shirts, you know? Well, well and then we get uh, Jeff Hardy versus Finn Balor for the IC title. Right there. Right? I can love get behind it. that. Yep. All right. Old and new. Same thing. All right. Final one. At Devil Vamp says, I like the slow build for Bobby Roode. He is going to be WWE champion. Hashtag tweet the table. Think Bobby Roode gets a main title? At some point on in his SmackDown, career? yeah. If he doesn't get sh- shipped over to Raw in that next superstar shakeup thing before it happens, yeah, on SmackDown, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I just like Bobby Roode, man. For whatever reason, been behind him for a while, and I think he can go. And he's one of those guys too that you know the backstory, and you know he's been doing this for damn near twenty years, and you're just kind of like, well, yeah, like this is what it <laughs> should be. If you've been in this long, man, you better have at least put the pieces all together like Bobby Roode has. Agreed. Right? Love it. 
All right, hashtag Tweet the Table. See, it's fun, it's interactive, it's the most fun and interactive segment in wrestling radio, and you'll love it too. You just get on Twitter and use hashtag Tweet the Table. It is that simple. You share your any and every wrestling thought with us. And that's what you wanted to talk about. So now we're going to look to talk to Punishment Martinez in the next segment. And this was fun. I'm not kidding you, man. This guy gave us a lot of good info about his career, uh, some of his thoughts insights and of course he answered Cinco Preguntas find out what that is if you're not familiar when we return to the Spanish announce table which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and Mr. McMahon and Brock Lesnar are the only superstars to have won the WWE championship on Smackdown TrainingTopicsNetwork.com Back on the Spanish announce table. I'm excited and a little bit scared. The music's even kind of scaring me a little bit too. He's intimidating presence that we have in the virtual room with easy, us. so if i'm quiet you understand <laughs> why because i'm probably in the corner pissing on myself i, I believe it this true is fact. uh true fact yeah this this gentleman i'm gonna refer to him as gentleman the whole time so he doesn't get angry with me uh is an intimidating presence he knows how to to hurt people just by looking at him but he does more than that when he gets in the ring it's punishment martinez how are you doing good thanks for having me no we appreciate you coming on here so you're out in what Cali you said right now, so so we're you're still sun still shining out there, is it? No, I'm in Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Oh, geez, I thought you're we on were the other yeah. side of the country. Yeah, the other coast. Yeah, I must have heard you wrong then. Um, so yeah, it's darker than than. Oh, wow, we're keeping you up here. Yeah. No, it's all <laughs> well, good. Well, let's get into it uh, real quick here. So you're in Ring of Honor, and. You're you're kind of establishing your name in Ring of Honor. How has that been? Because we're here in Kansas City, and we hear of Ring of Honor in the sense of like that's a destination place to be in your career. So you're there now. What's it like? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, I have no complaints. You know, uh, it was a long road getting there. You know, but it's definitely worth it. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm extremely happy. The, the, the top notch talent, top notch. Uh, company and production and you know from everybody from the office to the ring crew so it, it's an awesome awesome experience well you talked about that experience or that that uh time leading up to getting to ring of honor tell us a little bit about what that was like i mean uh were you going through kind of the the everyday wrestler thing sleeping on friends couches or or what was that struggle like to get to ring of honor yeah, it was a struggle. I mean, if, if for anybody that wants to, you know, make it in this business, you know, it's very rare you get lucky and you just join the business and you get opportunities right away. It's usually a long journey, uh, and it's one that's usually uh, very difficult. So, yeah, it, it was hard for me, um, you know, juggling between, you know, working regular jobs and then having to train. And the school at the time was two and a half hours from where I lived. 
So, and this is trying to train three times a week while maintaining a job to pay your bills, plus pay the tuition to the, to the school. Uh, so it, it was really hard. Um, I think for me personally, it took me a lot longer than I would have liked. Uh, but it was on me. It was, it was because I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Um, when I finally decided to, you know, I had to make it to the next level. I had to change just my whole way of being basically. Um, and at the time, you know, things were actually financially better for me. I had a decent job, um, and, uh, you know, with the paid apartment and everything, but it came down to, I had to make a decision where I was going to do that or continue wrestling. And I chose wrestling. But when I did that, I had to make a decision to go full throttle and give it a hundred percent, which I had never done in eight years that I was in the business. So yeah. once I did that, and, and when I mean give full throttle, I mean, I was out of shape. Uh, I wrestled maybe once a month and just kind of coasted on my size because I was surrounded by the wrong people basically just telling me, Hey, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're going to be great. You're, you're going to be fine in this business. You, you got the size and the look and the charisma, but at the end of the day, that's not what I needed to hear. I needed to, I needed somebody to just pretty much put me in my place and tell me, Hey, you, you look like shit, you know? And finally I did that, surrounded myself around the right people. And, uh, I lost a hundred pounds got in really good shape and, and really started hustling to, to get uh, seen and noticed and, and known, but by the right people, not just in front of 30 people in, you know, in the middle of nowhere. I, I was trying to get in front of important uh, uh, producers and important agents and, and important personalities that can give me opportunities. Well, what led to that decision to go 100% in on pro wrestling? Was it watching a wrestling match, being at a wrestling show, fed up at your uh, 9 to 5? What what led you to go, all right, I'm going to be a pro wrestler and I'm going to lose all this weight and get in the best shape of my life? Um, like I said, I mean, I, had, I was wrestling for years and it was just, I was in the same rut. And uh, basically it was... I mean, I, I, I was, yeah, I was unhappy with the way that I was living my life. Uh, I was a train wreck. And like I said, a uh, boss man at the time gave me the, the option. He said, hey, uh, you know, we want you to keep stay on board working for us, but uh, you got to stop doing that wrestling thing you do because we need you here more, uh, more you know, on the weekends. Mm. And it just, at that moment, it was like I had a moment of clarity. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is not what I want. This, that's what I want to do. So I have to, like, change stuff up, you know? Um, and it was a mixture of that. And it was, like, all around the same time where I, I was surrounded by, like I said, the right people who were telling me the right things, you know, where I, I had a conversation with Gerald Briscoe, and he told me, he was like, why don't you get in shape? And he's kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I didn't think I had to because nobody really ever told me, hey, get in shape and, you, and you'll get a job. Sure. So when he said that to me, like, hey, you could get a job, just get in shape. And I was like, really? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, that easy. And then it was just, like I said, a combination of things. And basically, like I said, it was a moment of clarity. And I was like, I got I to gotta change my life. And I pretty much told him, hey, you got my two weeks notice. Wow. I left without knowing what I was going to do as far as for money. And I struggled for a very long time. Um, but it, in the end, I, I, it was 100% worth it. And now I help coach at the Monster Factory, and I tell every student not to be me. Do not wait. Make it happen now. Because while I, I made it, I could only imagine had I decided to dedicate myself 10 years ago like I, do, like I did now, 
Can you? I mean, who knows? Sure. And that's definitely great advice. Well, let's rewind it a little bit. You mentioned starting out and driving two and a half hours to the school. Were you a wrestling fan uh, since you know early childhood, or what made you? Did you just go, man? I'm a big badass. I should go step in the ring. How did that come about? <laughs> no, no, I was a fan uh, as a kid. I was raised in Puerto Rico, and uh, you know, wrestling is big in Puerto Rico, but. They, you know, at the time they had, you know, their wrestling, which was really big. Right. And I mainly watched because all the kids watched, you know, so they all had the toys and the action figures. So I had them too. Um, but I didn't really watch because I loved it. I watched it because everybody else did it. And this way I could, you know, play with everybody and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember things like there was WCW action figures, but we didn't get WCW uh, in Puerto Rico. So I never even saw WCW. So I had a Sting action figure, but I didn't even know who he was at the time. <laughs> right. uh, but then, I, I forgot how old I was, but there was a, a moment where I was watching TV, one of the wrestling shows, and I was flipping back and forth just because I thought it was interesting that it was on exactly the same time because it was on live, but it was on two different channels in English and in Spanish. And I was switching back and forth, and I was like, hey, Mom, look at this. And then it was The Undertaker segment with the ultimate warrior where he stuffed him in the casket yes. and locked it and everybody was trying to get him out because he couldn't breathe right that moment got me so hooked because i was like is he gonna die you know and mm-hmm. from that moment on uh, i became obsessed with wrestling like that was the moment that got me obsessed nice. where i could not miss the show and i became a super fan um and that that was the moment that i fell in love with wrestling okay and then ever since then i mean i just yeah i then when i was uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, I moved back cause I lived with my mom in Puerto Rico and then I moved back with my dad. He lived in New York. So, and then he would take me to every single event that was at Madison Square Garden. Wow. So I went to a lot of live events. I went yeah. to a lot of pay-per-views and raws. And so that was really cool. So, so what's the realization when you see Sting and realize Sting is who he is and you're like, oh, that action figure, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then it was like, oh, well, that's why he was the most popular action figure because mm-hmm. he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool when I started. You know, like I said, when I moved to the States um, and New York, that's when I was able to – I knew of WCW. I still wasn't a fan. I was a WWF guy, mm-hmm. you know, so – I didn't start really watching WCW. I mean, I knew WCW was on TV. Um, once in a while, I would kind of watch it, but I wasn't into it. I never liked WCW. It's basically because I didn't know the people except for Sting. Unless Sting was on, that I might watch it because I re- always remember him because of the action figure. Right. It wasn't until the NWO, basically, when Hall and Nash went over. That's when I started watching WCW. Yeah, yeah, that's well. When you were growing up, you know, you, you mentioned that you got some size on you. You know, you're you're a big boy. There uh, was being in the pro wrestling uh, career something you were still thinking about, or was it playing football, playing basketball? Like, or were you focused on that kind of stuff growing up? Growing up, uh, I did martial arts. Um, cause my dad owned martial arts school. So he, he trained me and taught me. And then while I was in school, he, he was very adamant with sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball. Like I was an all-star in all sports and, and I was a fighter and I won national championships in fighting. And that's basically what I was doing, you know, I, but growing up, you always joke to your friends, man, it would be awesome to make it, you know, become wrestlers one day. It will be a tag team, you know, like any kid, they, the dreams, um, right. school was over, sports were gone. Uh, moved so we 
no more martial arts school. Um, and then it was like, well, what am I going to do now? And a buddy of mine from high school that we used to always talk about it, he said, hey, why don't we do that wrestling thing we always talked about? Let's become wrestlers. And uh, to me, I was like, yeah, it'd be great, but what do we do? Do we just show up and knock on the door and say, hey, we're wrestlers or we want to be wrestlers? How do you do this? And he was like, no, we got to go to a school, man. And he looked them up and uh, we found uh, the Monster Factory and uh, tried out, paid the tuition and joined. And that's pretty much how it came to be. And for those that are unfamiliar with your wrestling style, uh, how would how would you describe it? If no one had seen one of your matches and we talked to you backstage and you're saying, hey, I'm going to walk out here and you know put on the main event, what would we see? Uh, a mixture. Um, I am a, a hybrid of different styles. So usually because of my character, I... I am a more of a stand-up brawler, but you'll see me throw a lot of kicks because of my martial arts background. Um, but I can grapple, I can submission wrestle. Um, I, I pretty much, like I said, I, I can fly. I'm a hybrid of a little bit of everything, um, but it also depends who I'm in the ring with. It's, if I'm in the ring with, uh, you know, with somebody with, like smaller in stature, I'm not going to need to fly as much. But now if I'm in the ring with a guy my size or bigger, you'll see me pull out a little bit more to get the person down. So it all depends who my opponent is as well. But I'm very adaptable in different styles and, and different forms of pro wrestling. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to be, especially in a place like ROH, just with the amount of talent that goes through that place, that there's so many variances in style. But you are kind of one of the bigger guys to go through there. Does that ever start to pigeonhole you into anything, you think? Because it's not known as being the land of the giants. It's obviously not the smallest people in the world. I mean, pro wrestlers are big guys. But does that ever kind of force your hand a little bit in the ring? Um, I guess in a certain, in, to a certain degree. But, uh, and that was another reason why I decided that I couldn't just be one-dimensional. I had to be able to adapt and be able to be different and, and do these different styles of wrestling, you know? Um, and mainly because yesteryear, it was about the big man. The pro wrestling was, you know, it was the big guys with the power moves. Um, and now times have changed. So main eventers aren't the bigger guys anymore. I mean, they are, they are, they still are, but it's not like it used to be where it only depended on that. And guys right. are just better athletes. They're quicker, faster, stronger. So you, I had to adapt as well. So I don't like to limit myself as just the big guy that's just going to come out here and be slow and throw a few boots and, and punches and hopefully hit a power move. I try All to right. mix it up where you don't know what I'm going to do. And and places like Ring of Honor kind of proves that I had to adapt because if I didn't, I wouldn't have a job in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to be unique. I had to be special. Um, and... And yeah, so Ring of Honor, like you said, the style, yeah, it kind of forces my hand a little bit, but I like the challenge. Um, it, it makes me, it, it makes me better because uh, I'm more motivated to be more than the, than the guy before me. I like that. And so you've also wrestled other places now. I mean, we've talked about ROH, but where else have you wrestled? Where do you want to wrestle? Well, I mean, as far as, you know, major company, I'm on a contract with Ring of Honor, so sure. I'm happy where I am, and I've wrestled for New Japan as well. Uh, and that was awesome, and I would love to go back there um, and, and wrestle a little bit more regularly. Um, so hopefully that's coming up within the next year. You'll see uh, more opportunities open up there, but, you know, those are main, you know, 
short-term or, or even long-term goals is to, you know, have a more of a career in Japan as well. Sure. Um, especially with a partnership with Ring of Honor, it makes it a lot easier for us guys to be seen in different areas. Absolutely. Um, and then independently, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Monster Factory guy. We have our own little promotion in Jersey called the MFPW. I've been the champion there a few times, and I've wrestled there for the, my most of my career. And then just local independence and and uh, the one-offs here and there. Right. Well, one question I have for you, because I've always wondered this from an outsider's perspective, what is that Ring of Honor New Japan uh, relationship like for the workers? Like, do you contact, like, can you contact New Japan and say, hey, you know, I'm available in October on, you know, the second weekend and third weekend, can I get out there? Or is it something where they contact you and say, hey, we have, you know, a role for a big man and a tag team, for example, and we want you there. How does that work for the guy that are in each promotion with this partnership so with the partnership they're very respectful to each other the companies are so let's say they want me for you know whatever the case may be they're going to contact ring of honor and they're going to say hey would you mind if we use punishment martinez for this date because we want to do this and if it if it's conflicting with ring of honor's dates ring of honor might say hey we need them for these dates but he's available for these you know or say, yeah, no problem, but can you send us somebody else to kind of fill in the void that he's going to leave? Uh, and they're they're very good with communication and working with each other. But, yeah, it's usually they, they communicate with each other, and then they, they uh, our respected companies communicate with us. Okay. So how did the punishment, or and I think I've seen uh, it under the Punisher name before, too. How did that evolve? Was that something you always had in mind? or? Man, and, I, and this is... This is real. Uh, that was a Punisher was a name that I was given, like uh, as a nickname, since I was a teenager, and especially doing martial arts and fighting. Okay, um, it was because of my fighting. Uh, I was given that name. So when I started in pro wrestling, I remember I, I never talked about a name or anything, and it was just like, uh, all right, the ring, the ring announcer was filling out cards. He goes, "What's your name?" And I said. <laughs> The Punisher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then he was like, really? I said, yeah, just call me The Punisher. And I was like, because that's what I've been going by for years anyway. Um, and then with Ring of, in regards to Ring of Honor, it was just, hey, you know, uh, I'm not just a Punisher. I'm like the actual punishment. And it worked out better for them anyway because of Marvel and rights. Sure. You know, just to avoid any type of situation of, for merchandise and, and legal reasons, it, it was just a better fit anyway. Um, so that's where punishment comes from. Well, it's certainly unique. I like that twist on it. That's for sure. Well, let's get into. Yeah, yeah it's a little yeah. different. Yeah, it is a little bit different. I like that that you're the whole punishment. Even you're not just there to do the punishing. You are the punishment. That's a good twist on it. I like that. All right, we've got a fun segment we like to do with every guest. We like to get a little litmus test kind of, of of where everybody's at by asking them the same five questions. Uh, but since we're the Spanish announce table, we couldn't just call it five questions. We had to call it... Cinco preguntas. <laughs> and we speak no Spanish, so we're not going to ask them in Spanish because we you, <laughs> run circles around us, I'm sure. Um, this first one, uh, we say it's an easy one, but everyone kind of pauses. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Undertaker. Easy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's the one that made me fall in love with wrestling. And if you notice, I, I mean, I there's a little bit in him in, in me that I, 
I, I idolized him as a kid growing up, and I liked everything about him because I was very a lot of similarities. I'm into the dark, the odd, the weird, the different. You know, I like skulls. I, I like that darkness vibe. Um, so to me, it wasn't just his character. Like that, his character on TV wasn't just something that I thought, oh, okay, that's the co- a cool character. And I, to me, it was always, wow, I feel like I'm a part of that. Like that's that's that is who I am. Right. Um, and I think it shows a little bit in the ring where you see my mannerisms and maybe my presence or the way I walk, the way my, my you know, my facial expressions and uh, even the character a little bit. It's all reflective a little bit off of uh, The Undertaker. For sure. Well, and one thing to, to catch on is, is if you're on Twitter, follow him at ROH Punishment and scroll down a little bit on his uh, Twitter profile and you'll see a top rope chokeslam. So it's a it's an Undertaker chokeslam. But then, yeah, <laughs> why don't we just do it from the top rope? So <laughs> I can see the influence that Undertaker has on your career. Yeah, right. And, and like anything else, we try to make it into our own. So I took a move that was. You know, I got obviously by watching The Undertaker, but I made it into my, a little bit into my own by sitting out with it and and pretty much naming it the South of Heaven Chokeslam. Um, but yeah, so that's a hundred percent influenced by him. So were you? I mean, ha- how did you feel when the retirement or you know apparent retirement came uh, this last year here? Was it was it heartbreaking or were you thinking, hey, now's my time to take over that uh, that role? Or what, what's how did you feel <laughs> at that? Well, I don't think anybody can take over that role, so I like to be myself, <laughs> sure, you know. But sure. it, it was heartbreaking in, in a way that you don't want to see, like you know, him not be around. Now, as far as you know, I, I get it. I mean, he's older now, and he sure. can't perform the way he used to. So whether he's retired or going to maybe have a few, like a couple more matches, it's it's coming to the end anyway. And I understand it, but it's just heartbreaking that the time has gone. You know, it's it's crazy where time is, you know, like it's just mm-hmm. the way it passes and, you know, taking almost taking his character for granted where, you know, you think it's going to be around forever because it's so unique. And then, you know, he's gone. So, yeah, it was a little heartbreaking as far as um, that knowing that he's not going to be around anymore. I expected it, obviously, because, you know, like I said, his time is coming up. But, you know. Yeah. All right, let's get into question number two. And as you can tell, we kind of have some offshooting questions off the main ones. So this is question two still. <laughs> um, now, this is a two-parter because you're a worker yourself. So what is your favorite match of all time? And then also, what is your favorite match that you have been in? Uh, I'd say Undertaker was just showing WrestleMania 25. Yeah, that's um, mine. At the time, I actually had taken a break from wrestling because, like, as I mentioned earlier, I was in a rut, and I just felt like nothing was really happening. And then that match happened, and I was like, man, i got to go back to doing this. And I, I felt all and like that feeling of wanting to be a part of the business. It, it just overtook me, and I had to return to the business because of that match. Um, and then as far as my own, uh, now that one's a tough one. Um, because I've had matches with my friends that are always mm-hmm. favorites of mine. Um, so like my, I'm really good friends with QT Marshall and Matt Riddle. Um, so any matches that we've had together against each other or teaming are always stick out. But if I was just to pick one, let's say in ring of honor, uh, against, against Naito, um, uh, mm-hmm. at the world, the world's tour, 
I, yeah. I was really happy with that match, and uh, it was pretty much the biggest match of my career. So I was really excited about that. Nice. So before we hit on to this third one, we didn't touch on this one. What about your first match? How did that come about? What was that situation like? Were you how nervous were you? Can you give us a little quick rundown on that moment? Man, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was very, very nervous. <laughs> so yeah. it was at a firehouse in Delaware, and. <laughs> And this is my first ever match. That's what you mean, right? Or mm-hmm. even bigger up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So my first ever match, uh, it was a firehouse in Delaware. We had no music. Um, <laughs> I was the first match, the first person out in the first match on the show. Oh. So I didn't, I didn't have time to sit back and watch and kind of get my nerves settled a little bit by watching the crowd and, and nothing. I had to walk right out there and, uh, you know, they, I was lucky enough that they put me over. I was able to win the match in about four or five minutes. And once it was done, uh, it was the coolest experience ever. <laughs> right. Before that match, uh, man, I, I couldn't breathe. What, what? And I had never experienced that. Like I said, like I, said I fought, you know, I, I used to fight, you know, full contact martial arts in right. front of hundreds and thousands of people. But I never <laughs> had to... Uh, you know, go out there and pretty much in, in tights and, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in a ring. It was it was a completely different feel. I'm sure that had to be pretty surreal. All right, so let's get into this third one then. Yeah. Who would you say is your biggest influence on this journey of professional wrestling of yours? Ooh, ah, man. My my father. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he, he taught me how to fight, number one, and uh, just everything he instilled in me growing up uh, and, and not quitting and, if if I feel something is worth doing, do it. You know, no matter what anybody says, he's always had my back. He was always supported, supportive, and uh, to this day, he's you know really, really, um, really uh, heavy into me moving forward and achieving what I want my way. You know, so I, I would say he is by my most positive influence. Right. Does okay. he go to your matches? Not anymore. He lives in Florida. Um, but he did when, yeah. when he lived in New York and I would wrestle locally, you know, he would. Sure. That's Great. awesome. All right. Question number four, and this is a little bit of a inside baseball talk here. So what is your favorite pro wrestling term? And as far as baby face, heel heat, things like that, what do you got a favorite pro wrestling term? Oh, gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Gimmick. I just say that with everything, like K hey, past the gimmick or uh what's that gimmick over there and or you know what 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 gimmick is he holding or you know, just what what's the name of that gimmick store? It doesn't matter. I use sure. that term every day, all yeah. day. Have you ever used it twice in the same sentence? Have <laughs> you found a way to do that? I'm sure I think I just did. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's certainly a fun one. All right, so this fifth one is, it's kind of a hard one since you haven't actually met as in person, uh, and it's not really a question. It's more of a hypothetical situation. But we're going to, the three of us are going to pretend like we're sitting in a creative meeting, right? We're booking you, and we're going to book you to the top here, right? I mean, this is the biggest show of the year, biggest event. We're planning this out, you know, far enough in advance, but we want your next big storyline, but it's going to be against my co-host, T-Mac, and we need you to give us a storyline for it. Uh, you need a storyline with T-Mac. Yep. Yep. We can give you background info if you want some, or if you just got something in the holster, we can. No, nah, I could come up with something right away. Okay. So basically, um, 
T-Mac is somebody that is gaining popularity. Mm. Uh, and since we're both new to the company, I feel like I should, I'm going to be the next star. And he's taking my, 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 uh, my spotlight, basically. Mm-hmm. He does that. So, and, and that's my emphasis in, a, in pretty much whenever he'd be coming out at his entrance or if he wins a match, you're going to see me attack him from behind and lay him out and lay him out because I want that spotlight. So eventually we have the, the big time WrestleMania or Supercard or Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdom match sure. that basically says who's going to be the next star in, in this business. Right. So then the moment comes down. Who's going over here? Oh, I got to go over, man. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, if, I'm, if I'm part of partially the booker, isn't that what everybody does? Of course. <laughs> yourself over. Absolutely. All right. So, so let's get some plugs in here. We've said the Twitter. We got ROH Punishment. Obviously, you know, their websites and their television shows. Is there anything else you need to plug or let people direct towards or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you just follow me on Twitter, basically you'll follow anything I do. Um, and I have links up to my merch. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and you can also follow me at the Monster Factory where I, I help coach now. Um, and for anything else, you know, ROHWrestling.com, and you could follow anything I do with the company there as well. All right, that's perfect. That's easy money, and go follow them and uh, help them out too. Buy some merch, man. We you guys always need some need a little extra always change in the pocket. That's, that's right. That's right. Wait, well, hey, man. We totally appreciate you coming on. We will make sure you get uh, tagged up when we get this all posted up. And uh, uh, it's been a blast, yeah, man. Hey, man, that was great. I appreciate it. Uh, no, thank you. That was fun. All right, punishment, Martinez. Man, uh, you you said it. Uh, uh, the guy's voice intimidates you alone. Yeah, he did us uh, a liner before we started the uh, interview, and I told him straight up, I go, "Hey, man, that scared the shit out of me. That's yeah. great." That was, <laughs> so that was, was awesome. Hey, uh, he he was telling his Twitter, and I don't know if he he got around to giving what it is, so I'll just give it again. It's at R O H Punishment. So yeah. follow him on that. Again, you'll see a top rope choke slam. I mean, he's working in ROH, so you know he's working with top talent, getting better every day. He's coaching as it is, so you know he's getting better as far as just learning your craft because, in my opinion, the best way to get better is to try to teach others what you know, and then that way it pushes yourself to new limits. So that's great. Uh, he's working with guys like Matt Riddle and Nido, so you know it's going to be – awesome in-ring entertainment from him uh and again he sounded like a great guy i mean that was the first time talking to him and it went by like the breeze as they yep. say yeah and seemed uh, very personable awesome. yeah he seemed very yeah. personable and very likable and which is why I'm you should go intimidated. you're right which is why you should go buy tickets to watch him buy some shirts uh, to support them, buy some of our shirts on cafepress.com slash Spanish Announce Table to support us. Uh, we also have those Amazon links and everything that we talk about throughout the show and uh, collar and elbow and all those kind of things. But Yeah, if he has any uh, work on uh, high spots, check that out too and 
go through our link to get yep. any of the old ROH yep. events that he was a part of and uh, watch yep. there for that ass. Yep, you can find all of that on the right on the front page of SpanishAnnounceTable.net. But it's time for us to stop plugging and get out of here until next week when we'll come back for 2.15. And a reminder, we want those emails next week. We're recording on the seven-year anniversary of the greatest match of all time, Molina versus Alicia Fox. Email us about what that match has meant to you, and of course, whatever else you want to talk to us. Since you haven't talked to us long form in forever, new, li- new listeners, that's sarcasm. Right? No, it's table I show. Mean, send at, it in, but that's not table show at gmail.com. New listeners, old listeners, heavy set talking to you. We didn't we didn't mention your name last week when we were listing off old listeners, but where are you guys at? Huh? Huh? Where are you at? Table show at gmail.com. Next week, emails greatest match of all time. But for now, we're out of here. Spanish announced table. SpanishNounceTable.net and In his first year in WWE Brock Lesnar held victories over Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker Goddamn. Trading Topics Network.com Who like me?